top speed but couldn't see the crash come caught up in selfish altruism addicted to that familiar despair still breathing but no longer there and if i could say one thing for sure you were never as alone as you thought you were cuz no one has the answers and there's more than just one way but it's not a finish line it's a choice you make each day choose living or choose life some days it's enough just to be alive they were looking down from the viaduct so no one even gave a fuck and now we peer through the veil to see all the ways we failed and if i could talk to them i'd say i'm sorry you never found your reason that day cuz no one has the answers and there's more than just one way but it's not a finish line it's a choice you make each day choose living or choose life some now i can hear you We had a silent moment there. So, did did you? Where did we leave off? Where did I drop out? Uh, you were expecting to hear something. Oh, you said it's it's a lot different than my previous albums. Yeah, all of your other albums, uh, the album covers, <clears throat> all of the other album covers were very um, straightforward, natural photographs. You know, pretty much straightforward, undoctored photographs, and and you know, you on the beach, you on the. Um, floating the floating dock the floating deck there at sunset um and then you on the phone with that little polaroid right um pretty i wouldn't say tame but pretty just kind of straightforward yeah 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 and this just came off like bam this is different yeah and and i'm it was this intentional and yeah was this intentional like was Sort or was of. it sort of okay? Yeah, yeah, I think so because, like, by that point we knew kind of what the music was about, and I don't know, like, we were both Jeff and I. I think um, we had the luxury of really getting to do exactly what we wanted musically because we had the time. Um, hmm. You know, that's the one good thing about how things have changed in the industry is like back when I was well when I recorded my first three albums it was you were constantly watching the clock because time is money in the studio and you know if you screw up a take or whatever then it's like oh shit like there goes however amount of money or whatever and there's not really a a ton of time to really experiment and play around with things um so we we kind of really got to do like exactly what we wanted and just really yeah experiment and if something sounded like shit then we took it out and if it sounded awesome then then cool we left it in so it definitely was and and I think from the start we were going for like once we actually agreed okay yeah we are gonna release an album um I think we we kind of knew what what it was gonna be about and that it was gonna be a little bit more edgy because my book had just come out and and I was kind of at the point where I was like you know what no, like I'm not going to hold back anymore. This is what happened. This is my life. And if I put it out there, I'm helping myself and hopefully it also helps somebody else. So I'm not going to, you know, filter myself as much as I might have in the past. Nice. I like that. I like that. And it definitely comes through. It definitely comes through. Again, the album cover, like like you said, it says that. It says that in the imagery. Yeah. That's really cool. And and it comes through in the music too. It, it, the music is definitely, you've taken a new path on this. And n- knowing that you didn't even want to write is 
just kind of baffling to me because <laughs> these are, personally speaking, I think these are your strongest songs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And a lot of them just kind of like once once it started, they just kind of wrote themselves, like just knew what needed to be said. Wow, wow. Yeah, Spark starts off with um, just that almost, you know, uh, upbeat pump, punk pop kind of rhythm and feel to it and and you almost think this is going to go really it's either going to take off into a really fun little happy wild ride or but of course I know you so I knew this was <laughs> probably not going to be the case um and you just bring a little bit of a you bring a little bit of a a, a twist to it and Honestly speaking, when I was when you first sent me the link to this, and I was listening to this, honestly speaking, um, and don't judge, please, but I got worried for a second because some of the lyrics in this, I, I thought for a second there, I thought, oh my god, did she and Jordan sep go separate ways? Or oh no something? way! Oh, that's so I, funny that that's I, how you she, interpreted was, them. It was so well, and then I hear, then I hear like lock the door, and <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, wait a minute, dude, wait, there's like, there's no bass in this. Um, where's the extra musicians in the back? And but now I'm now I'm realizing, now I'm realizing that you guys did this in a in a home studio setting. Yes. And you produced it yourself, so you don't have access to all these studio musicians. No. Um, and and you you had mentioned that you were getting experimental. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I get it, and I apologize for thinking that. So who were you talking about then? That's so funny because like I'm wondering now how how many other people like are thinking that and just don't want to ask. So that's that's. I really have to ask. <laughs> no, that I'm glad you did because. Yeah, that's I wouldn't want to to leave you thinking that. Um, so who was I talking about in the lyrics are just so personal. Yes. So it was more just um me writing about my experience of you know, really what I talked about the in the book, um, which is called Holding On by Letting Go and everybody, all my friends call if I could holding on by letting go the I'm musical, because it kinda is. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah, I was really talking about about those experiences and sometimes I'm talking to my former self sometimes I'm talking to you know the people we've lost to mental illness and the people oh. who we can still help oh that makes so, that makes so much more sense <laughs> so much more sense I'm gonna go through this I'm gonna listen to each one now um, with a completely different mindset and be like, okay, yeah. now I know. Yeah, like yeah. Lock the Door was actually, a lot of those were like lines of stuff that I jotted down when I was still actually in the hospital and then kind of turned it into a song. So that's kind of why it's so like experimental and stuff because we were kind of like, you know, we, we want it to be a little bit chaotic like the the working title of that song was like the ward so we the, wanted the it to ward. Kind of, yeah we wanted to, to kind of represent that and sound like that a little bit so a little bit of like experimental chaos uh-huh uh-huh that is definitely by far and away the most electronically um influenced song i have heard from you definitely by far and away yes yeah would you have even been able to do that song if you were in a um a studio, a paid studio. Oh, no, absolutely not. So that's that's where I think Jeff really shines. He's super good at that kind of thing um cuz he's he's had a lot of like composing gigs for for TV and commercials and stuff like that coming up with with little jingles and and whatnot and music. And um so he's really good at, you know, sitting down at a computer and programming. Just like I don't know how he comes up with some of the stuff he comes up with and I'll like listen to it after and be like, that's so fucking cool. But I have no idea how you did that. Um, so that was, yeah, like a big, a big part of his influence. And I was kind of like, no, you know, like let's, let's go a bit crazy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I love that too, because I, I'm 
a little post-production mixer and engineer from my radio days as well. And so like the introduction to seizure, seizure salad, all the sound effects and, and stuff that I, I actually spent a few hours like picking individual yeah. sound effects from my library to, to do that. And I, I get such a kick out of it. So mad props to Jeff on that one. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you guys or did you even do it in one setting? No, we, we didn't. He actually went home. Um, the first, cause we, we actually kind of, he brought spark to me as a partially finished song and was like, well, you know, maybe we could try recording a demo of this one. So we actually finished that in the summer when he came out. Um, we recorded it as a demo. And then we also kind of had a, a half-finished demo of exit plans. And then he went okay. home and we were like, we, we had kind of hoped we could do it like long distance, but I, I don't know. And a lot of people are doing it. I don't like it. I don't like to work that way. Um, so we were finding it really hard just sending stuff back and forth. And, you know, it's so much easier, like even when you're mixing to, to be able to talk to somebody and be like, no, I think it should be like a little bit more like this. You know, that's so hard to do by text. Um, so mm -hmm. he actually came back, we redid Spark and Exit Plans. And I kind of wrote the other songs um, while we were actually like recording. So that was really different for me because like I said before, usually you're racing against the clock in the studio. So usually I'll write a song acoustically and then come in with the song and, you know, in pre-pro um, start looking at how we can arrange it for a band. But I, that was like how these songs were born. So it's actually super weird because now I have to do like a little bit of reverse engineering to see how I can play them acoustically because that's not how they were written. Oh, so you've got a challenge ahead of yourself here. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now it's like almost rearranging the songs for acoustic performance I see. Yeah, so it's super backwards to how I'm used to working. Wow. Wow. Okay, so timeline-wise now, um, it's come becoming clearer in my head. Spark was the initial spark of yeah. the album. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> okay, and then Exit Plans was, was kind of in the works um, after Jeff came out. Now, so this was already in the work um, when you and I spoke last time in October. October, I think it was, um, mid, late October, I think is what, when we yeah. um, had our first conversation. Yeah. So yeah. we had done the, the demos of those two songs. Okay. And did you guys start lock the door then, or was that after Jeff came back? Lock the door. And if I could, were both written after. Okay. Okay. Um, if I could is possibly, I, I don't know, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite because the really cool thing about this EP is that each song has its own unique tone, feel, vibe, cadence, pace. They really are, they fit together really well, but it's almost like it's almost like some of Pink Floyd's greatest works in that, although they can stack together in a real good flow of an, of an EP, they stand out as their own works really well. Yeah. And so, yeah, not, neither any one of them can't be confused for the other. <laughs> no, no, definitely not there. And we were like a little bit worried about doing it that way, but the concept EP kind of worked because of the subject matter. So we were like, you know what, like, we're we're getting a little crazy here, you know that the the songs are about being a little crazy. So we're gonna we're just gonna go with it and have fun and put the instrumentation on that that we want to that we think sounds good and you know try and put it together as cohesively as we can. Um, but yeah, we really wanted each of the songs to be in kind of their own space, stand on their own. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So if I could was was the last one that was written out of the four um, songs on the EP. There's technically five because if I could also has a radio edit. <laughs> yes. Um, but and and it has a radio edit. I have to I have to mention this um, because it makes me smile every time I think of it. <laughs> but in in your song, if I could, you have what I feel is one of, if not the best placed 
fuck <laughs> in music. I, I, it's just the way it's put there is so nonchalant, but it's it's intentional, but it's yeah. not, yeah, but it, you don't emphasize it to a point of where you're saying, hey, look, I just put the F word in my song. It it belongs there. Yeah. And you're not, yeah, and you're not saying it, you're not saying it like you're embarrassed. You're not saying it like you're flipping somebody off. You're. It's just, this is part of the vernacular and this is what I use. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, it just, it really kind of fit. And, you know, like I redid the radio version and we were kind of like, well, maybe we should just put that one out because we changed you know the, that one line um mm-hmm. but I was like no you know what like that's how it was written um we're kind of going no holds barred here really doing what we want to do so yeah we're we're gonna go for it and we'll put a a radio edit on you know for the people who don't want to hear the word fuck but it just it really <laughs> it fit there and I couldn't really imagine the song not having that line it just it had to be there yeah yeah i agree i completely agree um so and i'm gonna be honest please don't hate but i've only listened to the radio edit once or twice max (laughs) because it's it's the same song but i like the explicit version better i do too like i've barely listened to that one either we we did it and kind of like forgot about it because I don't know. It's not like a bad line that we put in there, but it's not the line that was meant to be there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't meant to be. It's a substitute. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you had you, you were mentioning about the reverse engineering that you're going to have to do to go to the um, to be able to play him acoustically. And you also mentioned how this was a real challenge for you because this is different than you've ha- than how you've done this before. Um, would you say that, would you say that this was more inspiring or obviously it was more difficult uh, or more challenging for you this way, but could you see yourself doing it this way more often going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved it and it was, oh my gosh, like, the experience of doing this album was like, there were so many high points and so many, like the highs were really high and the lows were, were really low. And, um, it it was just, it, it's an experience I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, like I said, I think it, it did me a lot of good. It, it, um, in my healing journey, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for Jeff, but I think it was the same for him. And, um, it was just really, it was really real, you Uh know, like all the emotions were there. Nobody was like on their best behavior. Like typically you don't often know the people you're working with in the studio super well. Um, so you don't tend to fight with them, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, there were, there were definitely like some disagreements, but I think it made the music a lot better so it it was hard it was by far the hardest album I've ever recorded you know personally musically everything but I I wouldn't trade it for the world and I would totally you know we're we're already making plans for the next what we're gonna do next so obviously uh, we want to do it again (laughs) nice nice you found you found uh you found a why you found a way yeah yeah and and it just it sounds to me right now just in your voice even that there there's been there's been some fuel added to your engine and the way you spoke of just now the way you described your experience in in the studio your new studio your home studio now uh the way you just described that was so impassioned and <laughs> yeah. So honest that I can tell, like, I can tell it's back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It totally is. And it's such a change from this summer. Like, eh, sure, we can record a cover if you want. Uh huh. And now uh-huh. it's like, oh, when, when do we get to do the next one? I, I want to record again. So, <laughs> man, 
I, I want you to record again. I really want you to record again. I think that's great. And maybe, just maybe there's going to be a way that um, this can just continue and continue to grow. And I'm still hung up, man. I'm still a little bit hung up on on what you were saying <laughs> way back in our conversation about the the way live music has changed mm-hmm. and it's been a it's been a long time since i've been able to get get to a show and um and it's different for maybe it's because living in the mountains in those little ski tourist towns uh we don't get a whole lot of entertainment and when it comes through it's like the whole town comes in and it's right fucking on there's actually somebody to play for us you know yeah um, and so the enthusiasm is there. Now, I'm going to be going to see a concert tomorrow night, actually. I'm going to see the Wood Brothers. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, I love the Wood Brothers. And I haven't seen a concert in the city in a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be hyper aware <laughs> of the mood of the crowd. I really am. Maybe it was just me. Like, I I don't think so because I think I've heard similar things from other artists. But like, in fairness, I was, you know, I had my own shit going on by that point. I was, I was pretty sick by, and I remember like the last show or the, probably not the last show because I had contracts to do others. But I remember the show I realized I, I was, you know, sitting on stage playing just really going through the motions. Nobody else was really paying attention. I'm just thinking it was freezing cold. It was outside by the ocean and the weather was terrible. And I I was thinking like, I don't want to be here. And then I kind of stopped and thought to myself, wait a second, I don't have to do this. And it was so, so liberating. And I felt such peace afterwards that like, you know, I can, I can let this go. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You lost, you lost the muse. You lost the light. Yeah. And the rest of the bullshit surrounding it kind of took over almost. I think so. Yeah. And I just realized like, it's not fair to the audiences who are coming to listen to live music and it's not fair to me. You know, I think a musician should want to be there. And if we don't want to be there, then I, I don't think we should be you know, entertaining. Yeah, but, 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 but don't beat yourself up too much because it is a two-way street there. True. And, and you, you make a very good point and I will back you up on that in the sense that I emceed for years, live events, festivals, county fairs, a few concerts. And I've also noticed as time has gone on, more and more people, and it's not just young millennials. In fact, it, it's even more prevalent sometimes in people older than me. I agree, um, actually. Yeah, I'm surprised you say that, but now that I'm thinking of it, I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's they're stuck on their phone or they they're all of a sudden it's like Oh yeah, you should hear this lovely. I'm here at this restaurant, me and my friends, and we're listening to music. And, yeah. Oh yeah, Frank's doing great. You want to talk to Frank? <laughs> Anybody want to talk to Frank? Totally. That's oh, restaurant gig. It's like oh my god, I've had people walk in and be like, oh, it's too loud. We're leaving, and I'm like, dude, if I can hear you playing up here, it's not too loud. Get over it, like. Seriously, yeah. or people like erupting into "Happy Birthday" in the middle of one of your songs—it's it's, just—it's weird. Oh, yeah, totally weird, totally weird. And but but in all types of settings, I'm noticing more and more people are are just completely becoming oblivious. It's the same thing with, and it's not just concerts. And I'm going to go off on a little rant here. Let's 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 do it tangent. <laughs> But it's not just concerts, but it's it's in the mountains too. You know, people go go hiking. They go up to a waterfall. They're not going up for the hike and the waterfall themselves. They've got little selfie sticks and they're taking cameras and they're looking for the best view to be able to <laughs> yeah. take a selfie to send back and say, guess where I was? Yeah. And yeah, they're going over. I remember we went over uh, 
the the Grizzly Creek fire closed down the Glenwood Canyon. And in order to get back down into the valley, we had to go over Independence Pass down into Aspen. This pass is like you can't have trucks longer than I think it's 25 or 30 feet um, because of the switchbacks. Yeah. And it's really narrow down to one lane in some spots. And we got people from out of state, young and old, no matter all ages, stopping off on literally on the side of the street, stopping traffic, no fucks given, and they're whipping out selfie sticks. And come on, get everybody together! Quick, oh welcome to Aspen. <laughs> and the, the obliviousness of people to their situation, the situ- situational awareness has all but disappeared. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's mind-blowing. Like, I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost makes you say, you know what? Fuck live performance. I'll be a studio musician the rest of my life. Public crowds are, are becoming more and more shitty. So I don't blame you, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I think, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you don't get that human connection in the studio. I totally disagree. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds to me like, well, you make a great the way you described the uh, creative process that you guys were experiencing completely refutes that statement. Yeah, totally. And I think in all my albums, like I would never say that any of them have been, you know, a process where I didn't feel like I was getting that human connection. They've all Mm -hmm. been, you know, in different ways, but but I've always gotten that from the studio. So I don't really understand the people who say you don't. Yeah. And maybe they're just listening to music that's been pr- produced poorly, overproduced, or rushed through production because, as you said, time is money in those places. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think you'll agree with me, and basically because you just said it, a uh, couple of minutes ago, but I'm I'm just going to kind of condense it, is that if you are bringing your personal self and you are you are creating in an honest, open, creative, personal manner with the other people involved, then that's going to come through in the music. Yes. Yeah. And then when you listen to that in the album, it will connect with you. Yeah. Yeah, like I I think of all the people that go down to Nashville and drop, you know, a hundred grand on an album and you listen to it and it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, But it's so obvious that they just got a bunch of, you know, Nashville session players together, which is cool. Like they're, they're great. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's not, you know, that connection, that camaraderie. And I do think that really comes through in the music. So yeah, awesome. They have this hundred thousand dollar album. Is it really that much better than, you know, what you could have done in a in a studio somewhere else? I don't really think so. You're you're kind of paying for the name there. Yeah. Yeah. And you might agree with me, the young teenage punk rock goth girl that you you were. <laughs> yeah. You might agree with me. Those albums that were made in those people's garages, the the passion that the old old hip hop guys Um, put together their albums or the old, old punk rock dudes, you know, Um, you can feel it when you listen to it back. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like this sterile, like super overproduced. It's hard because I think now that's sort of the expectation. Like you have to sound good and you have to sound professional and, and there's a lot of perfection that's just kind of expected as the standard now so I think we have to find ways of giving people that perfection otherwise it just sounds like crappy and homemade to them but also finding ways to interject like soul into it so it just doesn't become like this soulless thing that a computer could do yes oh god thank you for bringing that up (laughs) um because really, honestly, in those in those kind of song making factories, they do they have they have they have data sheets, they have tracks, they have programs that are like these are the hooks yeah. that these are the hooks these are the be- these are the hooks that are used by all the popular songs. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to a bunch of pop country, they all have the same musical 
uh, progressions, hooks, lines. Some of them are reversed. Some of them are inverted. Um, a lot of the same songwriters. Yeah. The same guy will write songs for five or six different artists. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is, it's a song factory and they use a formula. Yeah. It's so more it's, math than, than art almost. Yes. Like you have, you know, these people sitting programming music who aren't even really mute, like they could never pick up an instrument and play it. They're, they're almost more, you know, better like computer engineers almost than, than actual musicians. Yeah, get one of those guys to get down in front of the Super Bowl and go from a mixing board to a piano. Yeah, exactly. Way, way to go, Dre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he started somewhere and look what he did, you know? And and the early NWA album was pretty raw. Yeah. And pretty rough and tumble. It but it was produced well. And I think there's the difference there. Yeah. It can be yeah, it can feel raw, but if it's got the good production and your levels are correct and it doesn't sound like it was being recorded in the back of, of a U-Haul, <laughs> yeah. um, you're going to reach a hell of a lot more people than than if you've sanitized it down so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you I've put it perfectly. That's what I was trying to say, just less eloquently. <laughs> Eloquence is my middle name. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's actually Neil, but uh, um oh shit. I love this conversation. This is great. This is great. Um so yeah, uh ladies and gentlemen, Heather, she went through her she went through her uh young stage. So we're just gonna give you a timeline. When she was young, 15, 14, 15, when you were starting to play in front of people, you were you were the young punk goth kid with the <laughs> leather boots right the combat boots and yeah long dyed jet black hair sweet yeah past my waist you know all the chains hanging on my fence <laughs> and everything now did any of that show up on your first album hello back in 2005 i think a little bit but it, i think you know there were probably some adult influences going you know let's let's tone this down a little bit but i think yeah i i think <laughs> a little bit Maybe you were able to sneak a little bit in there. Yeah, on a couple of the songs, I think. Mm -hmm. And then after that, a couple of years later, we got Charades released in two thousand seven. Yeah, yep. I really like the sunset on that, and and the sunset on on that is almost uh, indicative of some of the representative sunset that Jordan was able to put on. Uh, if I could, yeah, that's true. Actually, I. Never thought about them kind of cohesively like that, but yeah, I can I can see that. Just a touch. Yeah. Just a touch. That's ironic you should say that. Sorry. I missed the pun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, some people are, are saying, what the fuck is Micah talking about? Um, because I don't think we even mentioned it at all in, or did we, way, way back in the beginning? Maybe we did. I can't remember. Um, I don't think we even mentioned it. Huh. Okay. Um, well, by the way, Heather's been blind from birth. So she just said, I can see that. And <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, can you now? Yes. Yes. Okay. And Figure I can only speech. say that. Figure. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to say right. like, oh yeah, I can hear. Like that just sounds dumb. Or like when people are like, oh, have you listened to that movie? I'm like, no, no, no. I watched no, it. No, no. I watched it. I like that. And that's that's really interesting you bring that up. There's a saying that always gets me and, and it always throws me for a little bit of a loop. And I say it often. I see what you're saying. Yeah. What what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> true. True. So you're not like actually seeing that that is a really good point. And I'm gonna use that next time somebody's like, No, you you don't watch a movie, you hear it. And you can say, Oh, I see what you're saying. But you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Now, I myself, I being you know doing a lot of audio recording and editing and production and stuff. I actually do see what you're saying. True. True. Yes. Y yes. Yes. I see what everybody is saying if they speak into a microphone. So that <laughs> anyway. is true. And sometimes the shapes are like hilarious, and then you kind of stop in the middle of of a take because somebody's laughing at the waveform. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure you, you get where I'm really going with that. 
Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. I it's sometimes you know, you spend a lot of time in the studio and after a while, after it's been like twelve hours or fifteen hours straight, yes. you just get so punch drunk. Yeah. Yeah, you totally do. Yeah, you're like, what the you don't hell know what's am I going doing? on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My eyes are crossing and then I'm like, what was that? And yeah, also you get good enough after a while that it's like you don't even need to listen or scrub through a whole bunch of stuff. You can just look at the sound wave and you're like, that's where I need to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that was Charades, uh, 2007, which I just got, I, I just realized that's pretty cool uh, name for an album for a blind woman too. I think that's <laughs> badass, by the way. I've never I'm, thought I'm about s- it like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm slow on the pickup, but I think that's badass. I'm even um, slower, and- apparently, because I've had that album out for how long now, and I never thought about it. So. <laughs> uh, because because everybody is too sensitive to bring it up. Probably, probably. That's, that's well, actually I'm- funny. Like, I had this picture of what I thought was my cat that, that had recently died, and... Um, uh-huh. I was really sad about it. I was actually living in Peru at the time. So I, I was telling people like, oh, my cat died. I'm really sad about it. And I started sending them this picture of my cat. And it was an interesting social experiment that I didn't mean to conduct because probably a year or two later, I'm going through stuff on my computer and I pull up this picture and I say to Jordan, oh my God, I, I love this picture of Emma, my cat. And he looks over and he literally fell on the floor laughing because I don't know how it happened or how I labeled this picture wrong or even why I had this picture. But it was a picture of an owl that had like the photographer's name and everything down at the bottom and like this this really elaborate picture of an owl and nobody told me. Nobody. Nobody. I sent this picture to like all my friends and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's so nice. Nobody's like, that's an owl. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was weird. Like, what, <laughs> what kind of friends do I have? <laughs> yeah, right? And and as a friend, you're like, okay, does do I do I mention <laughs> it to her? Yeah. And friend? <laughs> That's an owl. <laughs> yeah, you know how many owls I got? Like, I, I get so much owl stuff now. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. So every time anybody finds, like, an owl thing, that's what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Have you ever done a social experiment for uh, just to fuck with your friends and, and test shit out? Have you ever done that? Um, you don't have to admit it if you're, but I'm I'm just interested. I, I won't I won't share this with any of your friends if you don't want to. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, not really. Not that I can. I, I feel like I have, but I can't think of any good examples. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, just that owl experiment, un, un, yeah, just that accidental experiment with the owl there, um, kind of speaks directly to some of the shit you have had to deal with all your life in in the way other people tiptoe around. Yeah, that can't be easy. No, yeah, no. Like people meet me and talk to me, and they talk to me like I'm a three-year-old child, like I'm incompetent of understanding them, or they will just talk to Jordan. They will completely ignore the fact that I'm there. Like, oh, what would she like to eat? Yeah, she <laughs> wants. She, to- yeah, yeah it's super yeah. bizarre. I, I have never really understood why people do that, but they do it all the time. I wonder if it's. Um, you mentioned that too the last time we were. Um, the last conversation we had back in October in, in that there was a difference between the, the way you were um, treated in Canada and the way you were treated down in, in South America. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you had mentioned something about, um, about hardship, maybe possibly shaping the reactions. I think so, because I think, here we spend so much time in our little bubbles that like, oh my God, something's different. This makes me uncomfortable and I don't know what to do about it. And it's like, well, maybe you should get out more because, you know, like if this makes you so uncomfortable that you can't, you know, directly interact with me or you have to, you know, cut me down online because people do that a lot in my videos, um, then I feel really sad for you because 
like you're missing out on a lot in life if if that sort of thing is so uncomfortable for you that you can't even deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I see that in you know, I, I do, of course, honestly speaking, you know, I haven't had to deal with it for for the mo- majority of my life, let alone all my life. But once I got diagnosed with the epilepsy, there was this huge differentiation in um, the way I was spoken to and the way people received me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's that empathy thing. It's that it's that walk in another's shoes. I'm. It's almost like a second chance for me now because, you know, before it was like, fuck, I'm I'm, I'm that guy. I, you know, I was that guy. I, you know, I, white, middle class, healthy. You know, I was active as hell, snowboarding, backpacking, caving, climbing mountains, rafting. Um, yeah, that I had nothing going against me in that sense. And and when you got that, like when when you've got that mindset or when you were raised in that environment and stuff, um, and again, I'm a white male in America. Dude, shit's just handed to you. Yeah. Um, when I got arrested for for <laughs> I got arrested for running drugs for psychedelics a lot of it Mm. a lot of it and if i were any shade darker i'd probably still be in jail yeah yeah so i understand my privilege in this world i understand that and i wish more people did because then maybe they'd be a little more empathetic yeah you would hope so and i think you know you kind of illustrated the point of like you're getting that a little bit now um and i really noticed this like you know, because I was born blind. But then also when I got out of the hospital, people were really uncomfortable with it. They were uncomfortable with me even more so than they were before. And it's like, you know what, before you judge, remember that your life could change in an instant and you're not that different or far off from from me. So just, just remember that when you want to judge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My life changed in an instant total instant yeah oh, fuck i had just gotten picked up by an on-camera acting agency you know my voiceover work was growing yay let's go hang with micah yeah and then boom this all happened and and the vast majority of those people disappeared and i haven't heard from them since yeah yeah no i totally know what you mean it was the same with the hospital it was almost like people i don't know didn't want me over at their houses i i don't know Mm-hmm. It was weird, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a lot of people I just haven't heard from. All those people who just have this image of like, we're all supposed to be so squeaky clean. Yeah. And nothing is ever wrong. It's that myth that we've all grown up with that I was just praying to God that we'd we'd fucking get over by now is like the whole keeping up with the Joneses, the whole nothing wrong in, behind these doors. Um, all that bullshit. And it bugs me because there's a lot of people where I grew up who have that kind of mindset. And there's even people in my family um, with that kind of mindset. And I blew that door wide open a long time ago with with the whole drug charge. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is this is entirely different. This is entirely different. And, and it's it's yeah, that I don't know if I'll I'll hear from some of my relatives again. And there's others that I don't want to hear from anymore. Yeah. And yeah. Um and I'm th- this sounds weird, but maybe it doesn't sound weird to you. I think you'll probably understand this. But I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I don't I I want I want genuine people in my life. Exactly. And I think in those situations, we learn very quickly who the genuine people are. And, you know, you you don't want those other people in your life. So, yeah, maybe it hurts, you know, that you don't hear from them at first. But then when you kind of really think about it, did you really want a relationship with them if it was so disingenuous? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Those people... 
are the crabs in the pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when when and don't be the crab when you when when crabs are trying to get out of a pot, they will literally like by trying to climb out, they will pull each other back down. Mm-hmm. And that's it's like that quote: "Average people want you to stay average." Yeah. Yeah, and these are those kind of people that they're afraid of difference. They're afraid of, um, yeah, yeah. They're just. I don't know. I'm going to give up on trying to define it and explain it. That's been my problem my entire life. That little philosopher in me always <laughs> wanting to try to figure out why. Uh, sometimes sometimes trying to figure that out is going to cause an aneurysm. So you just yeah. got to give up. So you just, yeah. it, it is what it is. And honestly, like I, I feel sorry for those people. I feel the compassion for them that they clearly don't feel for me because I realize how much they're missing out on. Yeah, I love that. I love that mindset. And is that something you developed early on in life or is that something that kind of kind of came on later and really solidified after you you got through the hospital? I think, you know, I had a taste of it for sure before um from a really young age, you know that that people are different and and that's okay and you know, there's certain things that maybe don't like weird me out like they would creep some other people out just because I maybe can put myself in those shoes more of like a person that like okay they can't they can't help that that's just it it is what it is and they want the same things as I want and you know we're all just people um I think it was magnified by the hospital for sure because there was such a maybe you know, people, there is a stigma around disability for sure, but I think there's an even bigger stigma or maybe it's just still more acceptable to have this perception of, you know, mental illness and, oh, you're in, in the psych ward, you're, you're crazy. We don't want to deal with you anymore. And, um, you know, some of the people I met in there were, were just like me and, and I think you just really realize how, you know, no little kid wakes up and thinks, I, when I grow up, I'm going to spend some time in the psych ward. Like nobody, nobody plans for that. Nobody wants that. But that's the life. That's the direction that, that their life has taken. And to think that it couldn't happen to you. So you're going to sit there and judge. Yeah. No, it can yeah. happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with the crazy that's going on in the world today, you know, I mean, any one of us is, is that much closer to going. Yeah. Um, my epilepsy breaking through into grandma's and tonic clonics, right. You know what? Basically a year before 11 months before the, the main lockdown. Um, and then the lockdown and now things are opening up, but I'm still going through this stuff. It, I'm going through some serious um, mental stuff too. And I'm looking for therapists and then therapists are so booked out that they're putting people on wait lists. Um, And there've been a few weeks uh, in the past four or five months, more, more toward, it was the holidays that were the hardest one, but I seriously thought about, I I came really close to checking myself in. Yeah. Um, And you, you also, I, I got to tell you, you've helped me um, in that. Oh wow! I mean, I know. Yeah, I know that. I know that the psych ward wasn't all like what people consider it, but you really did help alleviate a lot of my concerns uh, the last time we spoke back in October. So I, I do have to mention that. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, like that's that's part of why I do what I do because I do want to. Because I think so much of of people's negative reactions have to do with fear. And so I, I kind of really in my book and everything wanted to strip away that fear and, and pull back that curtain, show people what it is really like, because it can be a very um, positive healing experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, real quick uh, before the, before the midnight hour gets too close, <laughs> I, I also just wanted to touch on really quick, you had mentioned, and this is like, this is a big tenant of recovery, addiction recovery, alcohol recovery. It's a big tenant of actually 
um, epilepsy and getting through it is that we're, we're taught that it's a process and there's no end goal in sight per se. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with my epilepsy, great. It would be awesome if I didn't have any more seizures after the surgery or after a, a successful pill or whatever. But the likelihood of never, ever having seizure activity again is only between 40 and 60%. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and it's so hard to describe to people because everybody is just, so you're better now. <sighs> yeah. So, so you're fixed. Yeah. I've had people tell me that. So you're fixed. <laughs> um, no, I still got my balls. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, uh, it's, it's frustrating because it just goes, it, it, it's another sign that everybody's just waiting for that part of you to go away mm-hmm. yeah. or not be there anymore where where what you want them to realize is that they need to start coming to acceptance of it being part of you yeah because that's what i'm doing is i'm learning and accepting that this is part of me now and it's never going to entirely go away. Even if I don't have any more seizures, it's still part of me. Mm-hmm. It's the shit that I've gone through for the, through the past three years. Um, and that I've learned the last three years aren't going away. No. Yeah. And, um, the cool thing though, the cool thing is going through these, these turmoils is that you develop tools. And when you got out and you would, you'd mentioned this in our previous conversation, our October conversation, not the one that has all the crazy cool echoes, um, that you, when you come out, it's not like you're, woo, yeehaw, here we go, skip, skip to my loop, but it's more of, you come out and you're better. You know, basically, Canadians' healthcare system is very much like Americans. Okay, that's how much your insurance is going to cover. You're out the door. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're still ch- bleeding. Oh well, it's it's you know you're probably not going to die. It's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you're not flatlining anymore. So <laughs> yeah, here, exactly. Right. So, but you did. Did you learn some basic tips and tools and techniques to be able to um, keep yourself going and keep that positive side going and and combat? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that was the the real positive that came out of it. Um. But I think what people have to realize is it's not an overnight thing. So you can have all these tools and tips and they're awesome, but you have to implement them. And it's like anything. It takes practice. It's like, you know, you're not going to sit down at the piano having never played before and play some, you know, complex whatever it is. Um, and I think any tools that you're you're learning is very much the same thing. And I think people give up really quickly because they they try one thing and it doesn't work for them or they try one thing once and they're like, well, that wasn't great. No, you got to practice it every single day. And I know for me, it will be something that I need to practice every single day. I'm not going to magically wake up one day and be better. This is an illness yeah. that that needs to be managed and we can manage it well, but it's not going away. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great viewpoint and it's a great way to say it. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. It's uh, the quote unquote cure is in the practice. The healing is in the doing. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the combination too, you know, I, I work on, grounding meditations to get that stress and the negativity out of my body. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's little things like that. And I don't play well with medication. So I choose to try as many different options, healthy options to avoid needing those. Mm-hmm. And I have bad reactions. My body reacts to pharmaceuticals really poorly. So I, I, work really hard to try and avoid having to use them. So, cause they're wanting to, they want to put me on an antidepressive. Yeah. Which is very much like a seizure med. In fact, a lot of seizure meds are used as antidepressives. Yeah, cause I think they use a lot of benzos, right? For 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is also used for anti-anxiety. Um, but, they, yeah, it's it, it, there's some heavy drugs. Like, they, they definitely have to be treated with respect. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. You, Yeah, you put it very well there. Definitely have to treat them with respect. And if I can get them off of them altogether, then I'm going to consider that one of the great successes in my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's just like at this point, I would love to be off all of them at this point. Um, you know, I've been trying various things to, and I've been able to reduce them, which at this point is is kind of, you know, I'm pretty happy with that. And we'll, we'll kind right of on. go bit by bit and hopefully one day be off of everything. That's, that's the end goal. But, you know, I'm, pretty happy that I'm not on even as much as I was when I got out of the hospital. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, and you're, you've got a very good approach about this, it sounds like, because um, I agree with you. I know people who have just said, fuck these meds, and they just throw their, literally throw their meds away. And then, yeah, you know, terrible three idea. days later, <laughs> three days later, they're like, where are my meds? And I, as much as I don't want to be and as much as as much as I hate them and as much as they give me horrible side effects and stuff like that, there also needs to be a process. There needs to be um, – I also know and you know very well because, because of the similarities between these drugs um, – the mood swings, the irritability, the rushing to judgment, the things like that. Everything I think and feel, I have to give myself a 10-second pause. Yeah. Yeah. And is, and when you're mixing, like I don't know about seizure medications, but when you're mixing psych meds, that's when you really get the fun side effects. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I could imagine. I could just imagine. So then they give you um, something else to combat this one side effect, which creates another side effect. So they give you something different to combat that. And it's just, it goes on and on. It's, it's tough. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There were a couple of mix. Uh, there were a couple of mix meds um, that I had the cocktails yep. that they put me on. That literally were like, dude. If it was college, I would have paid to feel like this. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's so true. I can get this from a doctor. Cool. Cool. Yeah, but it's not like I. I don't want to feel like this all the time. No. Just when I. Yeah. And it wears that's, off that's, and it's not fun anymore. Like people think it's fun forever. It's not. <laughs> no, no, no fun at all. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the other side effects that aren't fun that you don't hear about very often. And that's mainly because most people feel really, really awkward talking about those kind of side effects in public. Yeah, true enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't need, I'll let your imagination uh, take it away there. Um, yeah, because... Yeah. Oofta. Yeah. Oofta. Well, anyway, um, Heather, thank you so much for hanging out today. My God, it's, what is it, three hours now? We've Holy been going on shit, three. really? No, I'm just kidding. It's only been two hours okay. we've been talking. Like, wow. That's still longer than longer than most people I can talk to. Even even my family, I can't talk to my parents for two hours without having to try and get away. Um, I will definitely edit that part out. I'll edit everything out that even said we're editing this out. Yeah. I'll edit that. Yeah, I'll edit this out. Oh, wait. I thought I was talking to myself. I said that out loud? Yeah. Shit. Oops. The magic of editing. I, the magic of editing. Exactly. Well, friends, neighbors, family, um, random strangers, thank you guys for joining us today. I could go on forever, but actually it's my dinner time. And honestly speaking... I'm starting to forget where I was. <laughs> We've talked about so much. What did we, what, how, what haven't we covered? I really um, don't know. Like this has probably been one of the most in-depth interviews I think I've ever done. We've covered like <laughs> everything all over the map. Oh, I know, man. I know. Uh, except for maybe, except for maybe when we were talking about, the uh taste and feel of colors oh, true true yeah that was cool but but that actually would probably sound better when i release it on the psychedelic version <laughs> yes i love that that part, that part of the conversation that's going to sound really good when it's like wow 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 um 
Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about just about everything under the sun, except for religion and geopolitical stuff. But those are two things that I'd rather keep off of the, uh, yeah, let's not and say we did. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Well, let's, uh, Let's continue again in a, in a couple of months, two, three months down the line. Let's touch base, th- see how things are doing. Um, are you guys starting up now or are you taking a break before you jump back into uh, building some new songs? I think we're we're going to start pretty quick, probably working remotely for a bit. And then I'm sure he will make the 26-hour drive out again. I really admire his <laughs> dedication. It's really amazing. Um, it's super inspiring. Why, he- to me that you know to see his dedication his belief in the project i think that's awesome i think that's really awesome he might just be getting really tired of manitoba Uh, that too that too and i i wouldn't (laughs) blame him like they always say um i'm from manitoba what's your excuse they joke that they're that's the sign going into manitoba (laughs) nice oh man um Oh my God, my brain is starting to short circuit. <laughs> wow. I've like, ex- this is awesome. This is, you know what, Heather? It's very, it's it's not often at all that I get through an interview and I've like, we've talked so much that I'm like talked out. Like, wow. I don't know. A radio host is talked out. I, I, I would I know, consider I, that a success. <laughs> What more, what more questions to ask? What more, like if I have a few more thoughts and ideas, but that would like take off into another two or three hour conversation. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, let's continue this in a couple of months. For sure. How about that? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right on. I think this could be a regular installment. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Sweet. So if, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, this new platform that we're using isn't going to give us any echo, 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 or any weird shit like that. So after this, I'm going to, I'm going to produce this stuff up and, uh, mix and match, do my mix master. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. And, um, <laughs> stare at the waveforms for a while. <laughs> stare at the waveforms for a couple hours and be like, okay, am I ready to do this? It is daunting at first. It is. But yeah. Yeah. Especially Once like get, this, like, cause it's so long. Like, oh my God. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. But, but you know what? Once you get into it, especially when the conversation is good, then it just gets addictive. Yeah. It's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. Just, it's, it's like climbing that big ass mountain. It's like, I'm going to do what? But then as soon as you start moving your feet, you're like, yeah. 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 Like most people are like, oh, I hate editing. It's such a chore. And, and then you get, doing it or, or like comping vocals for in the studio or whatever and it's actually i like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the little things yeah i agree i agree well hey um be good to yourself and i know you are <laughs> definitely say hey to jordan and jeff tell them thank you so much for allowing me to have some of your time today oh, thank you um, like, like they're your ringleaders. Yeah, See, totally. I just did it. I just did it. Uh, <laughs> can she come out to play? Yeah. That was really lame of me. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they let me off my leash for the afternoon. That was, <laughs> that was nice. I'm very appreciative. Oh, so kind of them. I know. Um, but uh, no, just just let them know. Excellent, excellent work on um, the album, both the production and the album cover. Fucking right on job, right there. I will for sure. So, I'll I'll get them to listen to this. Actually, they'll be super psyched to hear that. Sweet, right on, right on, and uh, we will talk soon. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Heather-Hutchison.com is the website to go to. Once you get there, there is a couple of menu links. There's the music link where you can find her latest EP, If I Could, plus her earlier albums. And um, buy it, share it, send it, enjoy it. Tell all your friends, buy it, buy it, buy it. Fuck Spotify, just just buy it and download it to your computer. Burn it onto a CD. <gasps> Remember CDs? <gasps> those things that you put your drinks on now? Yeah. yeah those things. Or hang by your rearview mirror to piss off the people behind <laughs> you at night. Yeah. Also, um, we, we mentioned it a couple of times, but she also wrote an incredible memoir called Holding On by Letting Go. Uh, you can get the book and you can get the music all 
are available through her website. Again, heather-hutchison.com. I will put that in the description for you of the uh, podcast description as well. So you don't forget it. You can just copy and paste it. And uh, you have an Instagram handle, right? I can put your, am am I allowed to put your Instagram handle in there? Yeah, totally. I have, you know, I'm pretty much everywhere on social media, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) We all are, whether we want to or not, we probably are. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And just for official record, may I use one or two of your songs in and out of a couple of my episodes? Absolutely. Fuck yes. (laughs) I enjoy that and I appreciate it greatly. So ladies and gentlemen, Heather Hutchison, get her album, heather-hutchison.com. Thank you so much for your time, friend. Thank you. Hell yeah. I had fun. And you know, we were all nervous at first that this was going to be like the repeat or we were going to be like on the spot. But I almost think this might have even gone better than the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. I was kind of like, oh, is this going to be like super weird because we're talking about the same things? But no, like we actually mixed it up enough that I think it it wasn't that weird. Agreed. Completely agreed. Okay. Well, let's do a sign off. All right. All right, I, we could we could ramble forever, but we need to save some more for other episodes. Yes, definitely. Most definitely. All right. All right. Um, all righty. Have a good Sweet. one. Sweet. You too, Heather Hutchison. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. Always a great time. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather Hutchison. Again, heather-hutchison.com. Buy her album. Listen to it. It's amazing. Again, If I Could is the name of it. Have a great one. Take care of yourselves and you know the routine. Um, Drive fast, take chances, because Heather and I can't drive. But we do take chances. Anyway, unexpect the expected. And remember, it's all in your head. Be good. Not too good. Drive.